Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Road to World Football Show. I am Patrick Doherty. Join, I can't say my own last name, join this Tuesday by Mr. Denny Carter, where we will break down a newsy Monday night football game. Trevor Lawrence battling an ankle injury. Christian Kirk out with a core muscle injury. Jake Browning, one of the five or six best quarterbacks in the NFL now, Denny. We're going to get to to all of that. And then a newsy week, a lot of injuries. Ramondre Stevenson, high ankle sprain. Can he pick it up for the Steelers on Thursday night? Uh, Jordan Love breaking out, but then losing Christian Watson, Tank Dell out, Devin Achan back. A lot to get to today. But then we're going to begin with uh, musical chairs at quarterback in Florham Park for the, the New York Jets. They've cut Tim Boyle. It seems like they're going to start Zach Wilson again this week. They're not going to start Trevor Simeon after he fumbled approximately 45 times in two minutes. But I couldn't be, I thought it was a rather iconic. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not sure if I can help you guys anymore. <laughs> from Zach Wilson, who yeah, right. they, they want to turn back to Zach Wilson, but he's like, I right. don't know. So you have been treated so poorly. You're right. I just don't know. It's like the ultimate, like, miss me yet, that meme. Oh, yeah. Of course. And I was talking to you just before the show. I got the sense from Zach Wilson. It's that, that Watchmen quote, which I've never read or seen or associated with at all. But I know the quote is something like, everyone will look up and shout, save us. And Zach Wilson will look down and whisper, no. No. And like, I feel like this is kind of what he's trying to pull off. I'm not sure if he, he's it's, managed uh, to pull it off. Though, we're calling him Zach Rorschach, Rorschach Wilson. Right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah. And uh, I am a, I'm a, I'm a big Watchman truther. So that, that, that resonates. I mean, can you blame him? I, I, I'm no like huge Zach Wilson fan, but I would probably do the same thing. If the team had benched me for Tim Boyle, as you described, possibly the worst quarterback in modern NFL history. He is. And he's so bad that they had the they started him and then two days later cut him. So that that's you know that's how bad Tim Boyle was. And you so you bench me for that guy, and you say, hey, okay, you're back in the saddle, Zach. Go go ahead, you got it now. I I don't know. I maybe maybe I don't want to do it. Well, he's living out everyone's fantasy of just refusing an awful assignment from their boss. Like, how about no, Ted? Uh, (laughs) How about no? How about that? You ever thought about that? How about no? Yeah, and the problem is, though, he needs another NFL job after this. And now, boy, they're like, well, she's not a team first guy. 
<laughs> right. Sort of thing I've ever seen. Zach Wilson didn't put the team first. He's a bad apple. Uh, I know. I know. And and that is the downside of the report. Aaron Rodgers said on Tuesday that he was not happy with the report because it would hurt Zach Wilson standing with other teams uh, going forward. Uh, but I mean, the, there's a there's a, a leakage problem with the Jets right now. Uh, there, I mean, there is backstabbing on a level that we don't often see in the NFL. Uh, people trying to get at each other. Everybody, everybody is just shifting chairs on the Titanic at this point. Um, that's probably, they're probably all gone after, after this year. So I, you know, Zach Wilson gets the, gets the shrapnel here from that, from that sort of conflict. It's, it's not good. Yeah. When I describing like the current jet situation, the word recriminations comes to mind. Oh yeah. And they're all trying to, they're all trying to find the quarterback who did this. And the quarterback, of course, being Aaron Rodgers and not Zach Wilson. They are they're, they're trying to find the the front office, the head coach, the quarterback, everybody who did this. It was the quarterback though, because I mean, the whole someone tweeted a friend on Twitter, a Jets fan, uh, was posting about like, okay, it's not like Salah uh, or Joe Douglas have done a great job, but I mean, this is Aaron Rodgers, one of his buddies. They went and signed all of his buddies, and then he instantly got hurt, and. Like that's really where the blame not, – not, no one's blaming Aaron Rodgers for getting hurt, of course. But the plan was so fragile. It was fragile. Yeah, it, was it was very so, – It was so, so, so fragile. fragile. Because, yeah, I mean, you, you brought on this guy and you said, okay, you call the shots, you bring in your buddies. All his buddies happen to be washed. And, and you know, so so you're left with, with not much. You're left – you know, and, and so that that's tough. That's tough for the organization. I mean, basically, you, you had to get 17 healthy games – from Aaron Rodgers, or none of this worked. Okay, and ah, I know the Achilles thing is fluky, but at forty, you're gonna you're gonna bank on that. It was it was not a great plan. No, oh, it was not a great plan. There was some other joke I was dying to make, and I've forgotten it. I'm sorry. so sorry. I talked no, over your. No, no, you you did not talk over me. That's that's my job. <laughs> I'll <laughs> talk over I'll talk over Denny anytime you want. <laughs> you want, you want me to do it? I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll talk you. You say it right now. I'll talk over. I think we do a pretty good job avoiding that, actually. But uh, we got to move on to our next topic: the the Jaguars' stunning Monday night loss to the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Who'd they lose to? Bengals. Uh, overtime, thirty-one to twenty-eight. Uh, before we have a, another, so we like to start with some light banter. I feel like we have to start this topic off with some banter. And that was the most epic uh, walk it off attempt I've ever seen. No <laughs> <laughs> athlete and. But Trevor Lawrence, it seemed like his like foot was barely attached. Like, hold on, just let me give it eight hundred meters. Uh, yeah, half a mile. Early. He, he he walked so far. He did. Um, First of all, is that so? The locker room, the Jacksonville locker room, is literally like a quarter mile away from the field. Is that not, what we're it was not we're supposed close. to believe? I mean, as as our producer Adam said before the show, uh, there are five point two million golf carts in the Jacksonville area. <laughs> Somebody could have lent him one. I, apparently, I've I've seen reports that he said, "I don't I don't want one. I don't I don't want the cart." He didn't, and I don't get that. I don't get that. Like, if you're trying to get back as soon as possible, maybe maybe just for the optics, uh, you know, he didn't want because that that oh. crowd that crowd reacted like a like a gladiator crowd uh, that had just watched something horrific in the uh, you know in in the battle when he went down. You know, and I, you you don't rarely hear a crowd react like that. So maybe he was just like, I can't get on the cart right now. Like th- these fans will will not be well. Now I don't think it had anything to do with the optics. I think it was a, a zoomer uh, adopting the really old school mindset. Like surely I can just walk this off. 
Like I, I can guarantee after I walk 200 paces, my ankle will start to, to feel better. And then about a thousand steps in, it's like, I don't know, guys. Uh, not sure. And who are the people helping? There need to be a random police officer. Yeah. <laughs> like, do they not have any team personnel? Where um, were the this? yeah? Where were the trainers? I think that that, that officer must have just been the right height because uh, Trevor Lawrence is, of course, seven foot three. Yeah, he is, and big. it was hard to find people that he could uh, successfully drape over. But, uh, uh, yeah. I there was a Bengals lineman uh, who reacted very strongly to the injury. Uh, Hendrickson. It was Trey Hendrickson. He was quite upset. He thought he had just seen one of the the great young players in the NFL go down. But Trey Hendrickson, unlike Denny Carter, knows that Trevor Lawrence is actually good. By the way. Uh, well, I'm not saying he's not good, but you know, he's not elite and I don't think he ever will be. We'll see. We'll see about that. He doesn't have the arm strength probably, but we'll see about that. Denny. <laughs> uh, we'll see. So I don't, Trevor Lawrence is injured. That is the huge takeaway from this game. I actually buy that. He's truly week to week. Even if it's a high ankle sprain, they're going to rush this guy back. Like no one has ever been rushed before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the season's kind of hanging in the balance. The playoff spot is probably secure, but it's not secure, secure. Their odds of getting the number one seed are now really, really hanging on by a thread. I think at most he probably only misses one game. But let's operate under the assumption he does miss the game this week. It's C.J. Beathard under center against – I forget who they're playing, and I'm going to try to look it up. Uh, what is the effect yeah. on the Jaguars' offense, though, without Trevor Lawrence or with just a severely uh, limited Trevor Lawrence as he battles his ankle injury? We're playing the Browns. Um, Yikes. Which is a tough – Tough so, match. Okay, he's sitting out this week. Um, is what's going yeah, happen. I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, the, the team, I'm sure the team is going to continue to talk into Thursday and Friday like Lawrence has a chance. But, you know, everybody should be prepared to have Bethard start. And, I, I mean, I thought Bethard acquitted himself okay. Uh, he yeah. had that rough that were a first play with the fumble. Had a pretty epic. That was oh, some yeah. epic backup quarterbacking. I'll just yeah. dive and instantly fumble now. But uh, I do think that Bethard's penchant for checking down could be really good for one Evan Ingram. Just that's just my, my initial thought. You said the wrong name. Um, is anything ever going to be good for Calvin Ridley? No. Anything, anything ever? Uh, no. And I could tell you wrote that blurb last night. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't actually. You didn't? Uh, no. Uh, well, we must, as a Roto world staff, we must have a lot of Calvin Ridley exposure because all of, all of our Calvin Ridley blurbs are just <laughs> soaked in just pain. And tinged, tinged with desperation. Yeah, and um, and and anger. You know, like there's just there's just so much anger in every Calvin Ridley. <laughs> there's there's bar. I don't remember there's being this much bargaining in Roto World blurbs <laughs> before. <laughs> this is Pat saying a prayer in this right. Roto World blurb. That's weird. Right. Uh, yeah. The blurber asking God for one <laughs> long reception. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean that 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 it's tough for Ridley. I, I I don't think Bethard is good is good for Ridley. I know you'll be shocked to know this, but I do think hey, it's it's Ingram season and it's Parker Washington season because Christian Kirk probably out for the year, probably going to require surgery according to Doug Peterson. Parker Washington basically just came in and played the Christian Kirk role. Eighty uh, percent of his routes were from the slot. Caught six of six targets for sixty one yards and a touchdown. Uh, I I could see a lot of checking down for Washington and for Ingram. So yeah, we have a reader just checking the site. Like I wrote world's usually pretty apolitical, non-denominational. And I, I think there's an entire, our father in this Calvin Ridley blurb. That strikes me as a little uh, unprofessional, <laughs> a little, little much, little much, but 
it's it's not good for Calvin Ridley. They they went back to the second Christian Kirk got injured. It seemed like that. Well, we can only take deep sideline shots to Calvin Ridley, and he kept almost catching them and corralling them. He came really close to a number of spectacular plays, but they, they went back to these super high degree of difficulty. I mean, for all I know, he was running less difficult routes, and I just wasn't noticing it over the middle of the. I kidding aside, I don't watch the game like a film watcher. I do watch like a fan. So I don't know what he was doing over the middle of the field during the Not game. Much. Not much. And he, so, he did. He did come down with a forty-yard reception that was called back, as you remember. Oh, <laughs> do I remember? Uh, let's just say, but quiet. As I say to my families, I rewind the TV for the sixth time. Was, was yeah. he really? Were we sure that wasn't a catch? Well, no, no, no. It was holding. That's right. It was. That's it was, right. That's right. It was, and it was like a brutally clear holding. I think <laughs> it was. It was. It wasn't like one. Oh man, he got jobbed. No, no, no. The the defender was like being strangled. It was. It was not good. Uh, uh, producer Adam makes a good point. I, I actually do think Trevor Lawrence might play this week. Adam points out forty six career games for Trevor Lawrence. Wow. He has missed zero of them. That is kind of his mo. Is that he almost like has like a LeBron James type body. Or even when he gets hurt, he's just like suddenly playing again two days later. So I don't think you can fully rule him out. But the fact that it's the Browns and the fact that they have another brutally tough defense on tap in week 15 and a far more important game in the Ravens, I sort of feel like – not divisional, by the way, sorry, AFC. But he'll be back much more likely for week 15, but I would not rule out week 14. But I also – you can't start him. Because he's going to barely be moving if he plays. We we've seen this, you know, we've seen this movie before. Most recently with Joe Burrow in the early season, where if a guy can't move, then it it, it ruins everything. Not it just does. for him, but for, for the offense. Um, I mean, I that's I, I I don't know if I'm if I'm like being weird on C.J. Beathard, but I feel like he's a better bet than a than a seventy percent Trevor Lawrence. No, I'd roll the dice with sixty to sixty five percent of Trevor Lawrence. CJ Beathard is real, real bad. CJ Beathard was like even Kyle Shan's like I can't manipulate this guy, <laughs> like, and they got rid of him pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, he he quote ain't it. Well, you know what they 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 could do. Uh, now I forget his name. Darn it, uh, that CFL quarterback Rourke Nathan Rourke. Oh, yeah, Nathan Rourke. He, the the preseason. Uh, favorite highlight reel Nathan York Rourke. They could they could bring him back and 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 win out from here to get him back there. Nathan Rourke has pledged to quote run back the PJ Walker plan. And <laughs> it'll 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 this time it will count. That's so rude <laughs> for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And yeah, the takeaway is that it's bad. And I do agree with you that it's probably good for Evan Ingram for as long as CJ Beathard is in there. Evan Ingram's gonna be like 10 or 11 catch guy. Yeah, with Christian Kirk out. Um, and just Zay Jones, is he live at all? He would be live. Zay Jones would be very live if Trevor Lawrence was healthy. Zay Jones would all of a sudden be pushing into like the top 36, top 40. I feel like of Trevor Lawrence. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, this Washington kid, I think he should be picked up in most 12 team leagues, you know, where you're starting multiple flexes or whatever. I mean, you could do a lot worse than a guy. I mean, because he wasn't splitting that role with anybody. And so if you get a bunch of checkdowns, pass heavy script, whatever, you know, could could work out. I, I didn't quite realize he caught six balls. Wow. I, yeah. All I really remembered was the touchdown. Six catches for 61 yards. I still have a very difficult time getting Parker Washington in the top 48, I must say. I'm not sure he's even a second flex. But you could do worse maybe in a 12 to 14 team. I will be bidding on him. Yeah, I will. Team leagues, I'll say that. 
And I'll say this, that we will be right back after this. This holiday season, get the fantasy fan in your life, the exclusive Roto-World Draft Guide bundle featuring expert analytics, player insights, and season-long tools. Get all three of the draft guides for one low price. Go to NBCSports.com slash holiday bundle and use code HOLIDAY23 at checkout to receive 25% off and receive a $10 Fanatics e-gift card. That is promo code HOLIDAY23 at NBCSports.com slash holiday bundle. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. I think I stuck the landing on that promo read, didn't he? No, you did. Um, It was beautiful. It's very, very beautiful. A lot of beautiful stuff in this game last night amidst the chaos, amidst the injuries amidst the backup quarterback play, and that was uh, Jamar Chase going for 11-149-1. That was Jake Browning looking very good with one of the best backup quarterback performances in recent memory. Kind of like took us back to the heights of Mike White mania for the Jets, or the original Gardner Minshew starts for the Jaguars. What do we say about Jake Browning? Can we possibly stream him this week against the Indianapolis Colts? Only two teams on by this week, the Commanders and Cardinals. Uh, Jake Browning... Do we, are we treating this as, as a total one-off or maybe the beginning of some streamer viability? Yeah, I, I, I tend to think that he has viability. I, I will say that with only two teams on by, I can't really imagine if it's a one quarterback league that you're dying to start Jake Browning. Okay. But, no. but you know, Hey, look, you start him in super flex. I benched him in super flex this week. That, that hurt. That hurt a lot. Thanks. I thought you did this for your job. Uh, I did. Uh, right. Follow this account for fantasy football. advice. <laughs> Uh, but here, here's, here's what the Bengals did last night is they gave Jake Browning a fighting chance. And a lot of teams don't do that. A lot of, a lot of teams roll out their backup or even their third string and they say, all right, kid, do what the starter does. And if, and if you can't do that, then it's over for us. But they didn't do that. Like they, lots of motion, lots of misdirection for the Bengals last night. Lots of just trying to mix it up, trying to keep the Jacksonville defense off balance, okay? And it resulted in the sixth highest EPA per play of the week. Wow. Okay. I thought you were going to say any game all season. Which no, of the week, the sixth highest oh, for, for Jake Browning-led offense. Seventh highest dropback EPA, right, for, for, for week 13. So the, it worked, and, and I think that this commitment uh, from Zach Taylor and the, and the Bengals to give their guy a chance – is it makes him probably viable in, in, in deep release. And, and, and importantly for Chase and for Mixon and for other guys, it, it keeps them in play, you know, because they, this, this offense can stay on time. They're not going to be falling behind, you know, 28 nothing most, most weeks and, and having to bail out. Now, I will say in the first game with Browning, they were 18% over their expected dropback rate. So crazy pass heavy stuff against a really really soft jaguars pass defense well no that that would i'm saying against the steelers 
Oh, 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 oh yeah. Oh, so oh, la- last uh, week twelve, I guess. Sorry, but sorry. in week thirteen, they were four percent under that drop back rate, expected drop back rate. So they 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 got more balanced, uh, and I think that that I think that that was part of the plan. Uh, and I, th- I think they're doing a great job, and it makes it makes Brown- and Browning, you know, he's not fast per se, but he's willing to scramble, and and he he got he got some chunk gains last night. I thought you were saying they went 18% over expected against the, the Jags. I mean, I was like, man, the Jags are a pretty t- bad pass defense, but I'm not sure I would have done that with no, Jake right. Browning, even though it worked. Uh, yeah, right. They, so, they, I mean, this was a little more a neutral game script. But anyway, it was. Uh, I thought it was a great game plan. I think it gave me confidence that this offense – it can can you don't you can't write off this offense for fantasy purposes. Well, yeah, they were really really establishing it. By the way, even amidst the the really promising Jake Brown performance, and you, you made an important point where they either so te- teams either do one of two things when the starter gets injured. They either yeah act like they're a clone of the starter, or they act like basically they're not a quarterback. Like if you throw this ball yeah, further yeah. than five yards. Yeah. Guess whose ass is going on the bench? Mm-hmm. Can you can you guess? His, his starts with J and his last name starts with B. Can you guess? It's like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. We're benching you through one. Of the, and they did not do that. They didn't ask him to be Joe Burrow, but they didn't ask him to be Zach Wilson. We're like, you make one interception. Yeah, you're on the bench, pal. And he said after the game in his post game interview, I thought it was kind of interesting. He, he basically said his one priority was to stay calm. That he he's basically made it sound like when he played poorly. He was like too amped up or nervous. I mean, I know this is not like breaking new ground, but he's like, I just tried, did everything I could to stay calm. And they had a game plan that basically, yeah, like worked in that that favor where they didn't ask him to do too much, but they didn't ask him to be a nobody. And they kind of kept him like in a, a happy space, a happy medium, and clearly like built his confidence as the game went. Because even after the fiasco Tyler Boyd pick, Jake Browning didn't start pressing. He still brought them back and tied the game. And yeah, very, very it, it, funny. The week that uh, Zach Taylor a debate broke out on Twitter, he probably had by far his best coaching performance of his career with the Bengals. I, I think he was. He was also really animated. Did you see that? He was. He's actually always like that. Really? He's kind of yeah. He he's kind of like not as well known for that as he should be. I feel like Zach Taylor is always going crazy. <laughs> and it's like he sometimes he goes to like fan events and gets like that. Do you remember that he used to go to a bar every week? Oh. And he would like hand out a game ball to Bengals fans. Yeah, I didn't know. He's that. actually a very animated guy. Well, it, it worked last night. It did work last night. Anything more to talk about? Joe Mixon, then he had two touchdowns. He had 19 carries. But what do you make of Chase Brown? They actually followed through in their coach speak to get Chase Brown more involved. Nine carries for 61 yards, only seven fewer yards rushing on 10 fewer carries than Joe Mixon. And I don't think either one of them, or excuse me, Joe Mixon did a lot in the passing. I don't think. That Chase Brown did a ton in the passing game, but what do we make of? So they kept Joe Mixon established, but is this spell trouble for Joe Mixon in the top twenty? The fact that he now is a backup that's actually getting touches. Uh, a little bit, yeah. I I will say that Mixon remained the only back who was running routes last night. In fact, unless I miss something on Pro Football Focus, Chase Brown did not log a pass route uh, last that night. That actually and, scans, and it was uh, Joe Mixon running every running back pass route. And uh, seeing the subsequent passing game involvement, so I, I'm not—I don't think people should be panicked uh, about this Chase Brown thing. Um, I also think that, like we like we said, I mean, they they were well under their expected dropback rate. They were able to sort of establish it and, and stay conservative. I don't know if that's going to be the case every week. Um, 
so I, I'm not, I don't think, I don't think that Mixon is going to lose out on a ton. You know, importantly, Chase Brown was not coming in inside the 10 and, and Mixon maintain that role. So that's all you really care about. If, if Chase Brown gets some of the in between the 20 stuff, it kind of, who cares? You know? Yeah. Brown is kind of more changing the pace and the, the X, the really excellent news for Joe Mixon is that we know, unlike with the, the, the Jaguars, where we don't know when Trevor Lawrence is coming back with the Bengals, we know Joe Burrow's not coming back. So we know that the offensive environments are just not going to be as good, but the next two weeks it's home against the Colts and then home against the Vikings. The Vikings defense is playing pretty well of late, yeah. but the, neither one of those games are ones that should just like get out of hand early and totally torpedo Joe Mixon's compiling odds or even his, his red zone odds. So Watching it live is like, man, Chase Brown is getting a lot of work. Like, yeah. so the, the data bears out that it probably is not. And then the schedule, that is probably not time to panic by Joe Mixon. You can keep him in your lineup for the final week of the fantasy regular season and the first week of the playoffs. The very for least. sure. I mean, in a game where the Bengals can't run it quite as much, Chase Brown is going to see something like three or four carries. Yes. And, and that, that's not a huge thing. Yes, it's not. Let's see really quick what the initial line is for this week. The Bengals are one-point home dogs. To the cold. total is over 40. We consider that a victory in the year 2023. Yeah, we'll take it. We will take the total for the Steelers is 30 and a half. There was another 30 and a half in here. Oh, oh yeah, it's the, the Jags and Browns are currently 30 and a half. Uh, we have the Iowa Hawkeyes playing in two NFL football games this weekend. Man, oh man. By the way, I looked at the Iowa quarterbacks box scores. <laughs> Don't. And <laughs> I have never seen anything quite like that I it's mean, performance art it's performance art the, the guy they don't pass no and when they do he's awful he's horrific uh, how did this happen i actually <laughs> don't know i mean kirk parents it, it, it seriously it's performance art where it's total devotion to the system where he had stripped the system down it's kind of like when a band makes like a back to basics album like guess uh, what yeah. No more synthesizers on the side. Right. We're playing guitar again. Uh-huh. Uh, we're, we're no longer – that happens all the time now. Every guitar band will then just make like two electronic records. Man, just play guitar. Right. Uh, <laughs> like Kirk Ferentz, we're going back to basics. We're playing three instruments total. and We're never passing. When we do, we're going to make sure it's bad so no one wants us to pass. Yeah. And Kirk, wow. Kirk Ferentz set fire to the synths. He did. Uh, that, that, he did. That, that's what he did. <laughs> he did. Oh, the first music video promoting the album. They literally set their synths on fire. <laughs> um, so uh, we really, really digress there. We're yeah. Moving on now from a, that very newsy Jaguars game, a lot of impact on week 14 to a Thursday night game that no one is really going to want to watch. As we mentioned, the total right now is 30 and a half, but a newsy fantasy game. We have some pretty consequential injuries. That begins with Ramondre Stevenson's high ankle sprain, Denny. We have no idea if he'll be back this season. We do know that Ezekiel Elliott received 20 touches for the first time all year after Ramondre Stevenson went down in the first quarter against the Chargers, and that 20-plus is almost a guarantee against Pittsburgh. And is that enough for you to get Zeke into the top 24 and consider him an RB2 for the final week of yeah. the fantasy regular season? Oh, yeah. No, it's it's Zeke season, like oh. whether whether we like it or not. And we do not like it, but <laughs> it, it is it is that season. Uh, yeah, Ty Montgomery is going to be the RB two per beat writers. So I, I, but I don't think that Zeke is going to lose out on a lot of the uh, pass catching work. There's a lot of checkdowns in this offense because both quarterbacks, that's what they do. Uh, and, and also the receiving room is just a mess and, and not, not good even when healthy. Uh, yeah, I, I will say that the, the Patriots have been run heavy all year. 
They've especially been run heavy over the past three weeks, uh, 10% under their expected dropback rate over that, over that three week span. So that that's good. I mean, I, I think that it just fuels, it could fuel a ton of volume for, for Elliot. And uh, I'm not going to say league winner. I'm trying desperately to avoid. Oh that. yeah. Don't say that because you're, you're, there's... he's not going to win leagues, but man, he's very useful. He's very useful to plug in right there. If you, if for some reason you had him on your bench. He's useful for yards, and he's useful for hopefully stacking up at least four to five catches. The touchdowns, I just don't see there being drives to finish for the Patriots, who, again, have what they have 13 total points over their past three games. Steelers' defense is kind of weirdly shaky at times. They're not going to be shaky against Bailey Zappi. Uh, working in Zeke's favor, Demario Douglas still not practicing with concussion, so they really won't even have a plan B. I mean, they're going to take some of these deep shots, these prayer mm-hmm. yards to Devontae Parker. The touches that look is really good. It's just very difficult to envision. At most, he's going to get one or two touches inside the five or six yard line. And if he does not cash them in, the touchdown is not happening. So you're, you're really, really, really mm-hmm. hoping for like four to five catches at least. Yeah, it, it, he's going to need to be scammy for PPR. But I, I think that that's definitely in the cards for Zeke. It is definitely in the cards. And the other side of the ball, what is in the cards for the Steelers pass catchers? And Kenny Pickett had the one really good game without Matt Canada. Then even before he got injured against the Cardinals, really sloppy, a game with no rhythm. A lot of that was part to do with the weather, with the literal weather delay, taking the Steelers' offense out of the rhythm. Basically just a totally inconclusive appearance. What do we say now for the post-Matt Canada offense for Deontay Johnson and George Pickett's George Pickens with Mitch Trubisky under center? It's not good. Uh, 25 of Mitch Trubisky's 45 pass attempts this season have been between zero and nine yards. 25 of 45. We, we will have to, that was with Matt Canada, but yikes. Yeah, right. Well, and I, so it, I don't know if it's a quarterback thing or a system thing, but I mean, even last week, most of his attempts were between zero and nine yards. So it was um, driving rain. I'm trying to make excuses. No, you really are. You're a Trubisky apologist. To the core. <laughs> Don't oh. search my tweets. Always have no, been. <laughs> no, I've never. I've actually been a hater since the, the very first second. He oh, was drafted. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Maybe I look, I'm not like a film grinder, but if you watch like five seconds of him in college, you're like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's so, so true. Like, uh, what are you he was the classic. I think he had made, he made like 13 total starts. So yeah. high school. And are you, like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? No, someone's looking at this and being like, Oh yes, this is a franchise cornerstone. This guy, yeah. this he guy made a career backup. And that's what yeah. he became. He made Trey Lance, like look experienced. Yeah. Too, with how many starts he had. Uh, uh, oof, that was that was actually perplexing. I felt like I was actually losing my mind during that draft process. Because- you know, one of my favorite all-time memes. You've probably seen it. It's every draft season when the Bears fans bring out the clip of Roger Goodell, the 2017 draft, and they superimpose him saying Patrick Mahomes oh, over Mitch Trubisky. Oh, oh. with the second pick oh. in the 2017 draft, the Bears select and very seamlessly sides in. It's almost yeah. not AI at all. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, I'll go crazy and they have rich eyes and go, it is Mahomes. That's tough. That's they tough. that out every spring. Yikes. Well, do you even remember what you're talking about before I said that. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's a, it, lots of, lots of short passes. And uh, so probably better for Deontay than Pickens. Uh, for Pickens, it's, Joker. it is really quite Jover. Uh, yeah, it could be, could be good for Najee and Jalen Warren. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's like this game. Obviously, every fantasy manager in, in the United States is going to watch uh, this game real. from start to finish, uh, which is just 
you know, a real indictment. Uh, we're sick. We're sick. It's fine. But, uh, but besides that, I mean, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be real ugly. I, I don't really know what to say about the pass catchers. I guess Fryermuth maybe could be interesting. I don't know. Even that, just, this is the classic tie break against this game. Tie break against the total. Yeah. Tie break against the uncertainty. Tie break against Mitch Trubisky. If you have to get Deontay Johnson in there, He's a wide receiver four who could easily anytime he steps on the field could catch six to seven passes for 36 yards. Yeah. So it's not like you can say Deontay Johnson is irrelevant, but he's someone where if you're making lineup decisions and you're like, is it Deontay Johnson or this other wide receiver four on my bench? Probably go with the other wide receiver four. And Pickens, you just you can't even consider. And Pat Fryermuth, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Titan 13, Titan 14, probably. Something, yeah, but I mean, that everybody below like Titan 5 is touchdown dependent. Um, we will be right back after this. This Sunday night, it's a huge matchup between MVP candidates and Super Bowl contenders when Jalen Hurts and the Eagles travel to Dallas, Texas for a battle with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock. And don't forget, find all your favorite NBC sports shows and Amazon Music Head to amazon.com slash NBC sports. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com. T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N dot com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bottom up At participating McDonald's. Gotta be honest, Eagles Cowboys, pretty psyched. Yeah, I hate to be one of these people, but man, it's good for America when the Cowboys are good. I said it because we're going to put them on TV regardless. Oh, yeah, uh, that's yep. a little they secret. Have... I mean, NBC people don't want me to take it behind the curtain. We want the Cowboys on TV. And yeah, it's really good when they're actually good and playing good teams. The Cowboys, because they were good thirty years ago, they have <laughs> they listen. They have they have primetime games built in for the rest of time. That's they the do. way it goes. It's weird. The Bears do too. The Cowboys, though, even when they're bad, at least have the dignity of playing compelling games. They're almost always scoring points, or they're like a train wreck in an interesting way, or the Bears are just always bad. They are. So of the two like eternal primetime teams of the Cowboys and Bears, you got to give props to the Cowboys for at least being watchable. Yes, yes. And, and that is I will be waiting all day for Sunday night. Well, and another eternal primetime team is the Green Bay Packers. They were loaded up on national TV windows this year. And early in the season, it was looking like a really bad idea. Jordan Love is about as inaccurate as any quarterback in the NFL. They were losing in pretty ugly fashion. But the switch has flipped in the past month. Uh, he's, he's just been a different kind of player. As I wrote about in my, my Sunday Aftermath column, my Week 13 recap, and as you very kindly excerpted, ex, excerpted on Twitter, I think Jordan Love is – finding success because he's just playing quarterback different than the modern quarterback actually does. He's trying to, to push the ball down the field. It's borne out by his average depth of target statistics. And he's just, he, he's not just taking checkdowns and layups. He actually wants to create offense. He knows there's more than one way to be efficient. I feel like now everyone thinks their definition of efficiency is 
bunch of five to six yard passes. Yes. And then a really choreographed play action that hopefully gains 32 yards. So then your yards per attempt looks good. Your EPA per play looks good. He's trying to play against the nineties and it's a quarterback's job to actually make plays. Uh, we love to see that, but it had been going with Christian Watson. I feel like his return to like full health and like full complement of snaps yeah. had really changed this Packers offense. Uh, so way too long of a monologue to toss to you now, Denny, but <laughs> what do you think of Jordan Love's recent play? And how do you think Christian Watson's injury affects what we're going to get from him going forward? I mean, you're right. You know, you, like you said in your column, it's, it's kind of an old school type of play from, from Jordan Love where it's, it's not this, this, you know, frightened of your shadow type quarterback play. I mean, he's taking real shots that, that long pass to Romeo Dobbs in the middle of the field on fourth and one against Kansas city. I mean, that, that was actually like stunning. Like I haven't seen that in a long time because teams, you know, like we, we've joked, but it's not really a joke teams when they go a lot of teams, when they go for it on fourth down and one or fourth and short, they go for it because the analytics say to go for it, but then they forget to actually call a play that can work. And, and they just, they just run their, run their guy off right guard with 11 guys in the box. And they're like, ah, it didn't work. Why didn't the numbers, they lied to me again. Um, but, <laughs> but, it, but they, you know, this, and credit to the Packers for, for, for doing what it took to beat the chiefs. And, um, uh, but you know, love, I mean, love is, is, is playing confident. He just looks confident. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I this is a rare film take for me, but he, I mean, he's doing the sidearm thing. He is like, He's he's throwing it like in tight windows and really accurately. That's all great. This Christian Watson hamstring thing, which I wouldn't be surprised if it's relatively long term. That it's such a bummer. It's such a bummer because Watson Watson's speed and his ability down the field made this work. And they don't have. I mean, Watson is special in that way, you know. And, and I know that he's volatile. He's inconsistent. I get all that. You don't really love having him in fantasy, but he he gives an element to this Green Bay offense that they they cannot have without him. So I do I do think that Jordan this nice run by Jordan Love uh, could not be over, but could kind of uh, dissipate in the coming weeks. It's going to dissipate, and yeah, they love his frame in the red zone too. Yes, that's another do. thing. That's another thing with Jordan Love early in the season. I just assume statistical fluke, like his touchdown rate. Like there's no way. He can keep throwing two or three touchdowns every week. And I'm sure there's probably still a little element of that because the volume would still not suggest the number of touchdowns he's thrown. But I also think it is just a function of how he actually plays. Yeah. He is looking for the big play. He is very shocking. He is looking for touchdowns. He uh, is. More, more, to, more quarterback should maybe look into this. I, I do. Look, uh, just a preview of the regression files, which you can find on, on NBC Sports starting uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, Jordan Love is in the negative regression area for several reasons, but part of the reason is losing Christian Watson, a critical red zone uh, pass catcher. Yeah, so hopefully, I do think he can maybe be a model breaker because I don't think we're imagining. I think he does this play differently, and that maybe he could sustain some of these rates that you just would not expect from the. the, the it's not like he's getting no volume, but the volume he, he's not quite. The volume doesn't quite match the touchdown rate for Jordan Love. No, no. Uh, not trying to make it's not like he's attempting like 25 passes a game he's hit 40 a few times recently but the volume still will not suggest like the three touchdowns he's suddenly throwing every week but 
it's been a while since I felt like as wrong on a play. I mean, mid season, I was like, man, they're not even, this guy's not even starting next year for the pack. I was saying this like six weeks ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, well, he's not back in 2024. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so it goes, you know, but uh, I, I will say that the, the Packers have been over their expected drop back rate in five of the past six games, which was not the case early in the season. They were establishing it pretty hard. So I think that there is renewed confidence in Jordan love and the passing attack itself and and that i I don't know if those two two things feed on each other you know his play and the confidence of the staff but whatever it is it's working it's made jordan love for fantasy purposes uh what 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 is he a top what do you have in top 12 top 15 he's in the top 12 on season points by the way for this week i do i have him as the qb 12 i think it's the giants which i have a little hard time getting a grip on just if they're a good matchup if they're a bad matchup They've kind of been in between all year, kind of verging more towards bad than good. But their offense environment is so shaky, the Giants, that it gives you kind of a lot, a lot of bites at the apple. Yeah. So I think that can be working in Jordan Love's favor. It would just be so nice if you had Christian Watson. So he has the Giants this week. Then he's got the Bucks. So he's going to be a QB1, even with all 32 teams playing yeah. like for week 15 against the Bucks. Well, we'll see how he fares that Christian Watson for one game. But week 16, he has the Panthers, who – the only thing the Panthers do well is limit enemy quarterback productions. Like real cool. You're the worst team in the NFL and no one can even score fantasy points. It's not, it's not fun to face the Panthers for whatever reason. It's just not fun. Yeah. You, if you're going to be the worst team in the NFL, at least have the dignity to give up giga ultra Kyle Dvorak fantasy totals. Every be be the commanders for the love of God. Be the commanders. We are begging you to just be the commanders. (laughs) Uh, Really the worst news of the week. Tank Dell's fractured fibula is such an exciting young player, kind of player that in a smaller frame, his speed, you don't really want to see them suffer a serious orthopedic injury really earlier in their career. It could color the rest of his career. He's out for the rest of the season. What does this mean for the Texans wideouts? Noah Brown came back in week 13, didn't catch a pass. Probably him just getting back up to speed after injuring his injuring his knee. Mm-hmm. How do we expect this to shake? How do we expect this to shake out now over the next month with Tank Dell on, on injured reserve? I mean, it makes Nico Collins uh, a wide receiver one. I think. I mean, it, even it, against the Jets this week. I, I mean, no, this it. is a bad. It's a bad matchup. But but I, I mean, you're talking about Tank Dell. If you look at air yards, particularly thirty percent of the air yards he split air yards with. Nico Collins this year. They both have 30%. So you, you, you take that and you give a chunk of it to Nico and you give a chunk of it to maybe Noah Brown and, and Nico just that, that sort of opportunity. I mean, we saw him pepper with targets this past week with tank Dell out for, for much of that game against, against Denver. Uh, so I think that the, the, the Texans leaning toward the pass uh, of late, which I think is a res- result of them having more confidence in Stroud uh, I, I think that that Nico Collins doesn't even have to play great. He doesn't have to be super efficient, and he can still, I think, I think, be a, a, a top twelve receiver rest of the season. I totally agree. Basically, the baseline for Nico Collins is top twelve, and even this week against the Jets, I've got him right there in the mix, and could settle on him being firmly in the top twelve because it's not like Sauce Gardner's going to. He's not a shadow guy. No, and with the Jets just totally falling apart. The another bite at the apple principle applies really hard against them. Yeah. Or you're going to be able to do some stuff on offense, even though they're such a good defense, you're going to be able to get some numbers because you're going to have the ball so much. 
Nico Collins, it's hard to see how he fought. Going forward from December 5th onward, I I don't think there's going to be 12 receivers scoring for more fantasy points than Nico Collins. I don't even really see how it's possible. No, no. I mean, just to give you an idea of his dominance against Denver with Tank Dell uh, sidelined, uh, 57% of the air yards uh, against Denver. He was targeted on 42% of his routes. You know, that, that's, uh, that sort of profile just screams wide receiver one, uh, you know, so you were starting him anyway, but now you probably, I mean, you could have a team depending on how you drafted where you're starting like three wide receiver ones right now, including Nico Collins. It has been that kind of year. That's a really good point. And with the Texans, I will probably jam Noah Brown in the top 40 this week. Makes despite sense. despite yeah. the quote zero ball, I just like they he was producing usable fantasy lines even when Tank Dell was healthy. Uh, I, I really do think last week was probably just it was it's a tough perimeter defense in the Broncos, and he just hadn't played in a while. I would have to think that was kind of him getting back in game shape, and I I, I can understand like not wanting to play Noah Brown ever again if for some reason you had to play him last weekend, but that, I think you can go back to that well with Tank Dell out. Devin Achan, Denny, I said I didn't know what to expect from him coming back from two knee tweaks, and I thought the usage would be different, and it wasn't. He got the 20 touches. They're giving the ball late in the blowout. They're treating him like they're, they're clear 1A running back. Is he a clear RB1? He finally did regress. Maybe it was the injuries, but his quote, his, his I was going to say, act like it was a short long game. His long game was, quote, only 21 yards. He had a 21 catch and a 15-yard run. That's still a lot better than running back. A lot of running backs do on a weekly basis. Just how do you view Devin Achan after that return? I, I I feel bad first of all for being on my Friday stream on the NFL and NBC YouTube channel and telling a few folks that they should play someone else over Devin Devon Achan. Uh, wow, that uh, came back to bite me. So sorry about that. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I think I'm done. I think I'm done pretending that Achan can be benched in any yeah. format um you just can't you just can't like okay. I, I i don't i wouldn't be surprised if you know mostert M- mostert is like one of the oldest productive running backs in recent league history right now and i think that the dolphins are probably aware of that dolphins are very you know they're a with it team you know yeah. they're hip they they look at the data they do okay and uh they're busting out their spreadsheets and they're saying my goodness this hn kid is good so I, I think that A-Chan is, is fine with a workload of like 13 to 15 touches. I, he can do a lot with that. We know that. So if you have him, you just have to find a way to get him into your lineup. And they seem like they want to give him more than 13 to 15 touches. I agree that's probably his floor. There's He's not going to hit 20 every week. I just don't really see how he possibly could. But with even 13 to 15, you really, really like that. Yeah, This week against the Titans team that is tougher against the run than the past. It is, they are. They are real tough. In fact, I I because I was writing up Zach Moss for the re- regression files and uh looked at looked at his matchup against the Titans last week. And uh wow, that Titans defense on uh, every metric just is just crushing opposing running games. So it is it is a bad it's a bad matchup for, for the Dolphins. I would expect them to go pretty pass heavy. We'll say that Jeffrey Simmons is out this week for the Titans. He, so he is. Thank you help. for reminding me of that. Could hopefully help. They'll still be pretty solid against the run. But speaking of the run, sticking with the run, the Lions backfield. I have a theory on why the Lions kind of reverted to their pre-David Montgomery injury usage, which was David Montgomery handling everything near the goal line. 
and Jameer Gibbs is kind of going back to that change of pace land. Yeah. I think maybe this happened because the, the Lions defensive struggles are starting to bleed into their offense and that the offense is getting put in a position where there's no margin for error. I, I could almost see them kind of pressing the panic button against the saints and like feeling like they don't have the luxury anymore of like going exotic and using Jameer Gibbs, like the, someone who can play all three downs. Maybe it's just a one game one off. That was my interpretation of that the Lions are kind of starting to tilt. But what do you think was going on with their usage re- reverting back to the very traditional David Montgomery's the early down guy, Jameer mm-hmm. Gibbs is the lightning change of pace, explosive plays guy. Yeah, I, I think there's some uh, there's some credence to that. I, I will say that I think we finally saw a, a David Montgomery game script against the Saints, where they got out That's to a twenty-one nothing lead. And they weren't really interested in like hammering Jameer Gibbs into the line over and over again. Um, whereas Gibbs had been, you know, I, I guess de facto the lead back in previous in the previous three games because they fell behind. They fell behind quickly against the Packers on uh, Thanksgiving. They fell behind against the Bears in Week 11. They fell behind against the Chargers in Week 10. Uh, and so Montgomery is going. I think is going to see like the vast majority of the carries he got carried. Uh, not Swift. He had carried uh, Gibbs <laughs> 18 to eight this past week. I think we're going to see more of that. If the lions, you know, have positive and neutral game script going forward. I do want to emphasize that, man, our lions are just leaning heavily uh, toward the run. Um, they are under their expected drop back rate and for their past five, negative 7% overall. Uh, so, you know, bo- both of these guys should be okay. But Montgomery is clearly the plan when they get out to a lead. That's a really good point. And I think I kind of got distracted by that because the, the game did get close and they still kind of stuck with that. But yeah. that actually is a really good point. It was a David Montgomery game script. I do think maybe they've gone so run heavy. They've been in so many close games in a row. I think they don't want Jared Goff like making the big mistake. Right. And that's maybe led to some of the run heaviness. They have – they got to get right over these next three games. They have the Bears, the Broncos, and the Vikings. They are just bleeding points. If they don't get their defense sorted out these next three weeks, they're not going to get it sorted out. And I do think it's going to be three really run-heavy game plans. Where, yeah, if they get any sort of lead whatsoever in the first half, it's going to be run, run, run. And man, they cannot be. They can't have Justin Fields going crazy against them again this week. No, um, or was it? Was it even Justin Fields or was it Tyson Bajan? I think it was Tyson Bajan. In the first time they played, it actually was Tyson. Bay- or no, no, okay, excuse me, it was Justin Fields. I'm uh, experiencing psychosis. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I did. I did want to know that Chicago is a uh, a pass funnel, pretty pretty uh, extreme pass funnel. So they might have to be. They might be forced into throwing it more than they like. There's no such thing as a Jared Goff funnel. They didn't, they won't do it. Uh, but the Lions are only three point favorites for this game. It's in Chicago. Uh, the bookmakers are losing some faith in our Lions, Denny. They are. Uh, we've lost faith in Devin Singletary because he wasn't the lead back in week 13 for the Texans. Not even close. No, not even What are we? Is this a hot hand backfield? That would be like the, my charitable interpretation. Not that Damian Pierce has reseized 1A duties, but is this that it's a hot hand backfield and we don't know on a weekly basis? Or is this Damian Pierce? He was still getting his steam back in week 12. And now that he was fully healthy in week 13, they just immediately returned him to 1A. What do you think happened? Well, I we should have listened to PFF Bobby, Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator in Houston, who said, 
look, Damian Pierce is going to come in. He's going to be part of the offense again. Like, I, you know, I, whether you like it or not, Devin Singletary was so good as lead back. And that, as usual, Pat, did not matter at all. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just it just literally never matters with no. these teams. It's like no. this guy was good and we don't care at all. Like they that's don't. not that's not the system. That's not the program. They are not reading all that, all that being three box scores. Yes. No, they would rather not read any of that. And they will just put Damian Pierce, who by many measures is, is among the worst running backs in the league. Uh, right. This, this season, I don't know if he's just constantly hurt or whatever, but he's been bad, but he's, he took over lead back duties. So neither of these guys are valuable at, at all, really for fantasy purposes. I mean, Damian Pierce is obviously their preferred goal line guy. So I guess he's touchdown dependent Singletary has nothing going now. Okay. <laughs> nothing. Maybe Unless, he could get a few more check downs with Tank Dell out, but he's so I, inefficient. Maybe, he's maybe so, but, so but inefficient. uh, uh, Dari, Ambu, uh, uh Wale came in and split routes with Singletary. So he doesn't have that. He doesn't have the goal line stuff. He doesn't have the between the twenties. He has nothing. Uh, it's very devastating to my fantasy teams. Pat. Um, cause he was your RB one across the board. I'm assuming <laughs> since September. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so that's the, wow. So yeah, I mean, again, follow this account. <laughs> Hopefully you're making the playoff in some of those yeah, things. No, the, the bank is actually coming to my house. Yeah, at four yeah, that's fine. I'm sorry that I, I sent them to your house to get them. <laughs> house. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's all bad for the Houston uh, backfield. The, nothing. I wish I loved anything as much as the bank examiner loves knocking on the door and saying, I hear you had 70% Calvin Ridley exposure. <laughs> I hear you've been putting prayers and blurbs. Uh, I hear that I'm here to take your house. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's going to be the sequel to it's a wonderful life. It is. Yes, uh, all the best ball bros. Yeah. went all in on Calvin Ridley. And fighting off the 21st century, Mr. Potters. Mr. Mr. Potter, come in to take Mr. your property. Potter, you're an evil man, Mr. Potter. <laughs> I'm always amazed when I watch that movie, and I'm like, he really did talk like that. He did. Yeah, I know. It's not a bit. That's just how he talked. <laughs> That's how everyone talked in the 30s and 40s. Yeah. So, um, why, why is that? I have no idea. Their voices were funny. Ours are totally normal, on the other hand. Our non-regional dialects. Non-regional dialects that somehow keep getting higher and higher. Uh, what are, whatever happened to deep voices? Anybody else be following this? Anybody else know about hey, this? I can get deep. Yeah, I really, I mean, I could if I really wanted to. Yeah, we can get Stallone. We can get Stallone deep if we want, but we choose that too. Yeah, we choose. I choose to, yeah, to talk. I choose to talk like this. Um, and we'll get our high registers out for this very, very low T final topic, Denny. That is Joe Flacco <laughs> and the Browns offense, which you thought we would be remiss not to mention. Joe Flacco, he does one thing. He attempts 40-plus passes. I don't know what you want from me. I'm going to throw over 40 passes. He did that against the Rams in Week 13. Lost to Mari Cooper to a concussion in the process. But, yeah, I I think it's an interesting topic. What do we see? What did you see from Joe Flacco on the Browns offense? All right. So, I I, I think I've tweeted this twice now because I just find it so amazing. I don't know why I did this. But (laughs) Joe Flacco led the NFL this past week with over 500. 100 air yards, passing air yards, okay? The next closest was Jalen Hurts at 347. So we are talking just crazy amounts of throwing downfield, 19 attempts, Pat, of over 10 air yards this past week. That's the most... (laughs) <laughs> that's the most of a Browns quarterback since like 1920. No, <laughs> since Bernie Kosar in 1923. Since 19, since 2017, I think. Anyway, it's 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 something, and it really changes the the dynamics of this offense. 
The Cooper injury, of course, would really, really throw everything into flux. They were 5% over their expected dropback rate against the Rams. Uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I think if you have Cleveland pass catchers, it could, it could work. We can make this work. Yeah. Just be ready for the scam to pay off with David and Joku, Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore had 12 targets against the Rams. Like, uh, and it, it was not a fluke. It had nothing to do with them trailing or anything like that. It's just, that's what Joe Flacco, Flacco will, will not, he won't sign the contract. No. If you tell him he's only attempting 20 to 24 passes. He just no. will not do it. It, his one last job was throwing 40 plus passes in every single game. And by the way, Elijah Moore led the NFL with 255 air yards. Man, you've actually got to be kidding with that. This, the, the, this past week, 255. Oh my gosh. And do you know who they're playing? The Jaguars. I know. This dude's throwing like 62 times. It, oh, listen, Elijah Moore, 255. I think 86 real yards. Yeah, he did. He was in the 80s. I know. So on 12 that, targets. Uh, that's not what we're looking for, but folks. The regression files would have something to say on Elijah Moore. Even Cedric Tillman could be wide receiver four. Yeah, five. he had no, been coming yeah. on even before Joe Flacco. Yep. He's not like the worst dart throw you're ever going to see. Because even with all 30 teams playing this week, the receiver is not deep, man. We are really seeing the effects of scoring continue to plunge league wide. Used to be you'd have 70 guys at receiver, where obviously like 55 to 70 weren't like actual fantasy prop, but like. They, you knew they were going to catch two or three passes, and they might make a big play. I'd be like 52, 53 right now. You're putting guys on there that like might like there might be their most likely outcome might be zero catches. Like Josh Reynolds is just not going to catch a pass this week. I actually took him out of the rankings this week, so he's not in there. Yeah, but uh, no, receiver right. is not deep right now at all. And and, and you get this this boost in in uh, passing volume. Don't panic on Njoku either. He's still out there running a lot of routes. He'll be fine. Oh yeah, he'll be Jolton Joe. Don't worry. He's going to fix this. He's going to fix He's. I swear to God, I'm going to fix this. This is where the one last job starts going wrong. You didn't get, you didn't get Njoku involved. Right. And I swear I'll fix this. Right. He's, he, he uh, puts out a cigarette and says, yeah, I'm, I'm on there. I swear I'll fix this. You don't no, trust You hired the right guy. Just trust me. Just give me time. I just need time. <laughs> 16 targets for David and Njoku. Yeah. So uh, anyways, I probably didn't need to yell to end the show. Sorry about but, that. But I did. Yeah, I don't know. That was a good show. I feel like I got a workout, kind of. Yeah, I'm I'm sweating a little bit, even though it's freezing cold in my house. Oh yeah, same. That's one of the not to take people too behind the curtain, but you you sweat while you podcast. It's just a, a fact of podcasting. I mean, you're moving, you're talking nonstop. Yeah, 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 yeah it, it happens. And oh, hey, listen, when, when it's the summer and and we're oh. we're grinding through two hour podcasts or whatever, yeah. I mean, you you're a mess. You need a shower. Oh, no, I say it, it's actually like when you're playing like at a tennis grand slam and during the breaks that people don't know we take, I put on an entire new uniform. I go into the, to the bathroom and it's true. Put on an entirely new lime green polo. Like Patrick Ewing playing for the Knicks. Yeah, exactly. He had to change jerseys after every quarter. He did. Uh, sweat legend, Patrick Ewing. So uh, we're, we're, Denny and I will quote, never be sweat legends though. Uh, we, sweat a, <laughs> we sweat a normal amount. Uh, really time to end the show. Uh, for Denny Carter, I'm Patrick Darty. Check out Denny's regression files, which will be live on Wednesday. Check out my rankings, which will be live Thursday morning. Check us out when the Rotor Football Show returns on Thursday with Kyle Dvorak. For Denny, I'm Pat. Thank you for listening. We'll be back later. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bottom up, up, up. At participating McDonald's.